This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Blanca. I'm Spanish uh, and I'm a writer and I'm a Spanish food expert. I'm May. I'm an American food writer. And this is the second episode of our fourth season. Um, so, May, how are you? Well, you look you look a little bit jet lagged. Oh, thank you. I just got off the <laughs> plane uh, from Boston, um, where I was spending time with my family. Oh, nice. I know. Um, and I saw you were having martinis uh, on Instagram. Yeah. So my one of my last dinners was my Boston uncle, who never used to cook. This is a new thing, but was always a very good martini mm. maker. Um, he made martinis and then did this amazing aubergine garlic pork dish and oh, lovely. beef and broccoli and then just tempura shrimp. Cool. There's some exciting things in the post today. Uh, we got uh, our book of Walk. So this is Kwanji Chan. Um, he wrote this amazing book called Walk and it's part of Blaster Books. And I received it today and I just wanted to remind our listeners that Kwanji's episode is our number one most downloaded episode. It was the, our first episode. So we love Kwanji and we want to congratulate him on his new book. And also well done to Nikki Hooper for the amazing illustration of the pantry. I was, May and I were admiring it. I wish I had that pantry. And then uh, Dee, our co-host, is launching Scoop magazine today. So um, if you're interested in long-form food writing, this is the magazine for you. I believe also, Blanca, you may be in Scoop magazine yeah, yourself. Yeah, I wrote a piece. Uh, it's about Irish women, uh, the first women influencers. So um, it was a lot of fun researching that piece. And then other things, uh, uh, we've been reading this amazing book, Be My Guest, Reflections on Food, Community, and the Meaning of Generosity, which is a book that feels very spice bags. So uh, go out there and read it. Beautiful, uh, some beautiful quotes in it that I put on our Instagram also. Uh, but today, our podcast, we're doing the flavor, which is conversations. And we're here with Angel Chang and Julien Thibault. I'm sorry, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it. <laughs> but uh, tell us, May, because you know, you met them first. Um, well, they are owners. Currently, they are the owners of Miso Izakaya Sligo, uh, which was the winner of the Irish Restaurant Award for World Cuisine Connaught. So well done. Um, you were so fascinated by food. You started um, an importing industry. Uh, you started an importing business called Mimico. And um, Angel, you are from Taiwan. And Julianne, you are from France. That's right. Um, I'm from Taipei, Taiwan. Um, as people might know, that uh, Taiwanese is all about food and drinks and uh, you know night market. Um, that's quite embedded into our culture. Can you actually talk? I mean. I love, I'm, I'm Taiwanese myself. Can you just tell a little bit more about Taiwanese food and how the history of Taiwan has is reflected in the food? So um, very quickly on the history side of Taiwan, we are quite like a, a male part. 
and we got a bit of Japanese flavor due to the uh, we used to be a colony of Japan, and then we are uh, reserve all the traditional flavor from the traditional Japanese cooking, and our tie with uh, ancient China also have a, a very bold flavor uh, into our cooking as well. And Taiwan as a subtropical uh, island. We are, uh, you know, blessed with a lot of seafood and uh, uh, beautiful uh, tropical fruit. Also, that's great into the punch uh, into the cuisines. Um, that's why we honor our um, ingredients from the land, from the sea. Um, um, we also have uh, 16 different tribes. So imagine like a different type of tribal uh, cuisines, like from, you know, bamboo fish or, you know, deer meat and very fresh and then cook in different ways. Yeah. And that's Aboriginal tribes. Yes, that's okay. right. All right. Yeah. So, um, so I suppose, um, you know, just, just to sort of clarify, so um, Taiwan was you know, again, it was conquered by the Japanese. It was originally Aboriginal, but then there were um, Chinese people who had migrated over. Um, and you actually, you are Hakka Chinese who migrated over in the Ming Dynasty, which would have been the 17th century. Can you explain uh, what Hakka Chinese is? So Hakka, um, this um, this uh, type is from a mountain and a sea coast side of ancient China. And uh, so due to the geographical um, and location, we'll be cooking a lot of um, like a pork meat or um, stew and use, um, uh, use a lot of um, it is sold uh, to marinate uh, through through the difficult time, and and Hakka Hakka is a, a is the area that in the in the ancient time uh, doesn't have a very rich soil. That's why when I mentioned about marination, it's because we need to preserve them uh, throughout the winter, and then uh, and. Uh, to, to, back to the spring and summer again, we'll have a nice crop. So, and we developed just very similar, like a French way or a Greek way of preservation that we preserve food quite a lot and preserve in a way that enhance the flavor. And like Japan, they will have umami. And so Hakka has a kind of bold flavor and then sweet and a sweet note in the end. What would be maybe one of your favorite Hakka? Dishes. That would definitely be the meikanko roll, um, uh, like a stew pork uh, meat with the uh, um, uh, mustard green. Mm, that sounds really nice. Mm-hmm. And um, tell us, how did you end up, A, in Ireland, and B, with a French husband? Because, you know, <laughs> May and I ended up in Ireland with an Irish husband, so. <laughs> um, I came to Ireland uh, to pursue my study. So uh, May, he just mentioned there earlier that my uh, day job is a pharmaceutical consultant in the uh, vaccine uh, manufacturing side. So uh, so I came here as a student and then fell in love um, in Ireland and met Julian uh, in school. And that's where the romance started. Nice. And uh, Julian, tell us about um, how did you end up in Ireland? Uh- that's that's a wh- little while ago, but um, how 
I ended up in Ireland was through a European program for um, um, inter-university relationship called the Erasmus program, um, which was a great opportunity for me at the time to kind of explore something else, um, as in, you know, a new country, new horizons. And by that, I mean, it was different from France, but it wasn't too, too exotic that, you know, I only, you know, came to Ireland, but uh, the the initial purpose was to um, perform, uh, you know, to to enhance my my English, um, and it was a semester of exchange, so it was, you know, kind of a. I was only I was only twenty at the time. I turned twenty one when I was in Ireland, so I was a bit young, and I just wanted to try something new. So came to Ireland, discovered a whole new world, and. Um, from that, it just sprung on. I've been here 22 years. Wow, that's a long time. I've only been here seven years. How long have you been here, May? Ten. Ten. Yeah, we're babies. Yeah, we're I, 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 Ireland, I, I so. didn't come for the weather, though. <laughs> but, uh, well, it really depends what country you're coming from. Um, you know, if I came yeah. for the crack. I came <laughs> for the crack. And, and so you met in college. And tell us a little bit um, about the, the restaurant that you uh, recently... Um, did you was this a a restaurant that you bought or tell us a little bit about the restaurant so yeah okay so the restaurant in itself is pretty much the the spearhead of a kind of a long-term project that uh, me and angel had and it's rooted within within our own cultures within our own nature as well um so how did it come about um so mizu isakaya essentially is um just exactly what it says uh, is izakaya style. Um, one of my best food experience um, uh, visiting Japan uh, a while back was, you know, that izakaya feel where you can sit down, have a few starters, have a few little bites, a beer with a couple of friends, more, more than that, and enjoy, enjoy the food, enjoy your evening. Um, so that's the kind of feel that we wanted to bring in, but at the same time, we um, we wanted to keep the legacy of uh, miso as it was before. So uh, being mentored and trained by the uh, the previous owner into you know cuisine that I wasn't necessarily familiar with in in the first place, as in you know being very proficient with, um, and it just came from it just came from. Um, um, uh, the incentive for us was me and Angel because we come from different cultures and our kind of um, a food culture kind of blended together in 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 the way that you know we embrace the diversity of it. Um, so I learned from Angel, Angel, Angel learned from me, and then all of that kind of brewed for a few years until we uh, we. Um, we got um, we got to set up our own restaurants. So um, so there is a bit of Japanese in there. There is a bit of Korean. There is a bit of Taiwanese as well that we want to explore a little bit more. And with our own twists, we have also kind of a, a Western influence within the whole mix as well. So it it it, it is it is a proposition that attracts to you know authenticity is one thing, but also kind of attracts to more kind of a broader uh, audience as well. What is one of the favorite dishes that you make at Miso Isakaya? 
So my favorite dish um, was when I visited Taiwan was sampe chicken. So straight away, <laughs> I love sampe. We introduced it. We introduced it the best we could um, here in in uh, miso, and um, it, it is it is it is a great mix of flavor. Um, you can't you can't beat. Can you describe? Can you, when you say sambe, can you describe to our listeners what sambe chicken means? So, so sambe chicken, sambe ji is essentially um, so it's a kind of marinated tender pieces of uh, chicken. Okay, uh, and we at miso we we do something slightly different in our own way. We have a bed of vegetables um, underneath the the sambe. But what really, really makes the dish so distinctive is the, the sambe part of it, the three cup, the three cup part. So, San means three and bay means cup. Yeah. Just again for listeners. So, um, so we have a cup of our own homemade teriyaki sauce, a bit of sweetness in it, a bit of sesame and a strong alcohol that goes with it. And it's just finished. The whole dish is finished with a... a, a a good piece of basil that just makes the whole dish alike. I've had that before. And, but your version actually sounds delicious. And don't forget about the, the you know, garlic and uh, and a chili pic- garlic and, and ginger. ginger. Yeah, yeah, because very bold flavor like a ginger and a garlic. Once you fry them and it give extra, uh, you know, extra umami into that. And also the, 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 the garlic we have, it's, once you eat it, it's like a potato. It's very creamy because it's been fried and then, you know, sauteed with the, the tender meat. Yeah. So I just want to add on Angel, to that. Mm, it's hungry. Angel is so good at describing food. You should do like, you know, the app Calm, like some food reflections with Angel Chong. Chong? It sounds very soothing and I'm getting very hungry. Um, Angel, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, I guess... One of the things that really we found fascinating about you was your involvement in uh, C4 in the Cavan cross-cultural community. And we talked about this community last year when we did a panel at Food on the Edge because we found it was the only community that had these cross-cultural discussions, which we think, you know, in Spice Bags are very important. Tell us a little bit about um, C4. Mm. So, uh, great. So, Cavan, that's where uh, Julian and I uh, uh, live, uh, in beautiful county, uh, the county Cavan. And uh, in this county, as, as the way is very uniquely uh, um, set up, uh, 4C uh, stands for um a Cavan cross-cultural community, and um, we have currently uh, 102 uh, communities uh, in Cavan. So, as you can see, from like Taiwanese uh, to a uh, Nigerian group, Togo, French, uh, uh, Filipino, American. So you name it, right? So. Uh, it, it, it is uh, quite unique in a way that every year we met, uh, we met uh, three or t- four times uh, per year to have a communi- community event. So uh, each community, if they want to participate, they bring their dance, bring the food, um, and music, um, and sometimes we have uh, watched a film together, and then we help each other. Like recently, uh, we supported a Ukrainian community who recently settled in Ireland and also 
County Cavan. So we have a chairperson called Stanley, and he organized the event and is supported by the local um, development uh, uh, community. And uh, we got a bit of funding from the local county council and to support uh, such uh, new migrant groups uh, in Cavan. And I just wanted to ask you, tell us a little bit about the food that you would encounter. We're definitely going to this. The next time you have an event, we're, we're coming. Tell us about what food you would find from different communities. So we'll have the yellow rice from uh, from South African community. And it was beautiful because I, I heard of them, you know, the, the, the yellow rice with the uh, chicken broth. And I had them in a restaurant before, but never had that the same way as I had uh, made by Marisa and her and her um, family. It was very, very, very uh, sweet. You can taste it. Uh, the chicken, sweetness in the chicken and a bit of sweet corn there also. And that was the first time I had a togan, togan food and in Ireland. It was quite spicy. But uh, and where they honor the, the protein, they use a lot of spice to marinate it. But the spice they use, uh, couldn't find them in the uh, shop yet because they got it from Togo. So I think next time we can, you know, in, you know bring or maybe invite different people to come and share their cultural cuisines and with spice bag. Yeah, it sounds like an absolutely magical uh, food event. We're so proud to be part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network, Ireland's largest podcast network. And the great thing is now you can support us or any of the podcasts on the network. There's so many different types of podcasts on the network, and there's really one for everyone or every mood. Gossip, social justice, film, politics, and of course, food, which would be us. So what does being a Head Stuff Plus member mean? Well, for five euros a month, you can get early access to shows, hip merchandise, and bonus materials. But most importantly, by being a member, you're helping support Irish podcasts and enabling this community of creative voices to continue. For more information about how to become a member, visit headstuffpodcast.com. Okay, so we're back here with uh, Julianne and Angel. Angel, what is um, your name? Angel is the name that you use in Ireland. So what is your um, Taiwanese name? Uh, Full name is Hui Wen, Angel Chang. Okay. And Hui Wen means good at something. Okay, so you're good at something, Angel. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I want to hear a little bit about um, being a Taiwanese married to a French person. How uh, does this get competitive in the kitchen? Is there some dish? Are you, um, I, I just, I find French people are so knowledgeable about food and so are Taiwanese. So this is like very competitive. Um, do you have, you know, issues when you're cooking together? Do you, Are you critical of each other's food? Tell us a little bit about cooking together or who cooks. Maybe one of you cooks and the other one eats. Ooh, uh, that's where it becomes very technical. Yeah, we, we, we both are very competitive in a way that we so proud of our culture and heritage. So sometimes I say, add a little bit more about sesame oil. Or, oh, you should add a bit of chili there, isn't it, Julian? It's um, well. I, I wouldn't see it as a as a competitive thing. Um, it, it's more kind of a embracing the diversity. So, like I said, you know, m- me and Angel have been cooking together for a long, long time, um, and you know that kind of there is there is a way where the two cultures kind of merge together, and it's great uh, to see where 
you know where it lands you know because that's how creativity kind of comes in 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 the play but um angel is certainly very um very um how would i put it um has the highest standards like like everyone else in this industry but we we all have high standards and it's sometimes those kind of high standards that you know i get the feedback from angel i give um angel feedback and then it just brings it to the next level <laughs> feedback <laughs> i like that i feel like you guys are dialing it down you're like oh, yeah give each other feedback, feedback i'm gonna give i give my husband feedback when he puts chorizo in paella definitely yeah sorry julianne so you do give each other feedback but i imagine it's in a nice constructive way or does it get competitive I, I just wanted to to find out what is the dish that you know is like your star dish from france and what is your star dish from taiwan that you cook together okay so angel um i let you answer that question what is the star dish from from france that i cook for you um i think we have a different um view on stew how you stew your protein isn't it like we use a lot of like a uh, stew bags with herbs a bit of garlic and soy sauce um and in the french way use a bit of um well you do use a uh, bay leaf but you definitely yeah. use a lot of uh wine butter, butter. yeah of course yeah. so we're kind of <laughs> debating like this but this this but does butter make things better in every single dish or we need to restrain? Better, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not always, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think butter is a little bit controversial in Asia. <laughs> Sorry, I lived in China and people uh, didn't like butter. They were oh, like, no, oh, my mother my mother only deals with butter. Yeah. She can't eat cream. Um, That's her thing. I'm from, my family's from southern Spain, so I'm all about olive oil, so I don't know. I I would I would be with um, Angel here, and uh, okay, Julianne, tell us what does uh, Angel cook Taiwanese? Um, what Taiwanese food does she cook? There is so many, um, and and that's the great thing about the the range of Taiwanese food in itself. Um, having you know absorbed all of these influences from you know mainland China and Japan, and and developed with its own Aboriginal um, influence as well in, in Taiwan. So. Um, there's so many. Uh, I'm not sure I have a particular favorite. Um, I think the fish. Um, the fish, I, yeah. I remember fish. that the fish, uh, the whole fish I, I made once. And that's where Julian, wow, the way we cook the fish is the whole fish. If I remember, that was a sea brim. And then I asked the, the, the fishmonger to, to remove the scales. So, uh, uh, may probably know like we would have like uh, fried it a little bit with um, spice and then add a soy sauce and then um, stew it with um, leek and the soy sauce and a bit of salt into it and then make it tender and remove the fish and then reduce the sauce with a bit of uh, strong alcohol. I remember I used vodka because uh, I couldn't find a rice wine that I wanted. So I used vodka instead and reduce it down, become a, a Jew. So I think that's the one that's Hakka style. That sounds delicious. Sorry, that, that um, you know, like my 
Dongbei mother does not make fish. That sounds that good. That sounds really nice. Mm. Yeah, I could hear Angel talk about food. Just you, just read the menu, like record it and send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So tell us one of the most interesting things about Taiwan. I was very lucky that um that I visited Taiwan when I lived in China, and I loved it. Is all the street food. Um, and I think it's very hard for people to comprehend, even though, you know, you go in Europe and you have like in modern times food trucks or in Spain, you would go to a fair and have some food at the fair. Um, tell us about street food in Taiwan and like the experience. And Julian, you can also tell us maybe the first time you went there. And I found it just I couldn't, you know, I couldn't concentrate on any of the stall because I wanted to eat in all of them. And it's it's such a sensory overload. So um, when my my first time in Taiwan um, was a, an experience in itself. When it came to meeting my uh, you know family in law, well future family in law and all that, but uh, it was just a, such an experience. Like you said, the the scale of the um, the scale of the uh, the street food is is something that I never experienced, and there is always something in any corner of any street wherever you walk by, and so to to me that was an eye opener when it came to uh, to the Taiwanese food culture, and it it became then transparent um, through conversation with uh, Angel's family and friends. Um, there is. A, there is no doubt, you know, Taiwanese are obsessed with food. Um, it's just, it, it's just a driver. It's just a vehicle to go through a day. Let's meet there. Um, let's have this over there. And I know a good place, you know, later on at night after karaoke. Um, so to me, to me, it was a great experience. Um, discovering so many new flavors so many new ways of cooking so many new methods um and just to gauge as well you know what what kind of um the identity of taiwanese food culture as broad as it can be um there is always the go to uh the the popcorn chicken the uh stinky tofu you know it, it, you know the, the braised pork um it could be you know it could be just Taipei in itself is just a vast, vast uh, place of street food um, places that, and they they build their own reputation as well, which is great. Um, in in the um, in the noise of the city, you have the place that you can go to after karaoke at five o'clock in the morning, and they'll be there, and they'll be delicious food cooked on the street you won't be cold because it's taiwan and it's just a great place to be definitely and i loved one of the things i love the most about taiwan was the tea culture as well and blanca's uh, crazy yeah. blanca's crazy about tea well i watched that movie you know the very famous uh eat um eat drink men and women and uh the tea house there i had to go there and i had to go to ali shan so i got a tour and I dragged my family to go see how tea was made. And whenever anybody goes to Taiwan, I always get tea. So is tea something that you guys like? And could you tell us a little bit about, 
any preferences you have about tea? Uh, in Taiwan, you definitely need to, you know, mention oolong because we have different level of roasting uh, on oolong. So uh, green tea, as the way it is, it is green. And then throughout the degree of roasting, you know, light, medium, uh, medium heavy, and then and dark uh, roasting, it become eventually become a, a black tea. So in Taiwan, the oolong is is medium, um, and then we can leave it for maybe new new oolong tea will be you know harvest in springtime and then um, being used up a, in winter or. Oh, now we use the winter tea from last year. So oolong is very rich flavor in that sense that is medium roasting. So in miso, we have Taiwanese uh, oolong tea. And we also have Dongfang Meiren, it's ori Oriental Beauty. And this mm -hmm. name actually was given by the... Um, um, the past uh, Queen Elizabeth and to this particular tea the first time he drank this tea it was unique and so she was given this name uh, as a beauty from oriental area so this particular type of tea leaves right is only the tea leaves that's been um, bitten by jet insects and the fact that uh, the saliva of jet insects um, um, provide such transformation, chemical transformation uh, process, make the tea leaf sweeter um, uh, after is um, uh, uh, harvest. That's um, that's so interesting. I imagine also you know a lot about the com the chemical processes of tea, given your background. Oh yeah, and that's so rich in our culture in terms of like tea and and uh, and Irish has a lot of tea as well, um, like a berries mm -hmm. or um, um, lion's tea, um, and it was a different part of the teas were used in such tea bags, but a uh, 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 upper level that in Asia we we actually are more used to the whole tea leaves in a sense to honor. And uh, uh, that, that, that process that the farmers uh, spend their their time and to grow and uh, hand pick those tea leaves and then uh, preserve them in a way uh, to uh, in a, in a dedicated uh, location and control the, the humidity. These days we can uh, even control the humidity uh, in those um, process. Angel, when when in Taiwan do you drink tea? And what do you accompany it with? Um, in like now, winter time, we drink hot tea and tend to be more and dark, rosy tea. And in the summertime, we'll drink iced tea. And the, probably the most famous would be the bubble tea. And the bubble tea or bubble milk tea. Uh, milk tea would be, uh, these days, have milk powder in it. And if people like more tea flavor, they go for like jade tea or jasmine tea or jingxuan kind of notes in the background with a bit of honey or a little bit lemon to, to enhance the green tea flavor. So the answer is actually made all year round. Okay, and then um, the last question that we have for you is tell us a little bit about shopping, getting ingredients. I think that um, the three of us always talk about shop, food shopping, not 
clothes shopping, obviously. <laughs> but um, tell us a little bit about shops. Where do you get your ingredients? What are your favorite shops? If we were up in Cavan, where would we get ingredients? Just give us any intel you have on on shopping for both French and Taiwanese ingredients. So when it comes to food shopping, um, it we for our own personal um, enjoyment, we we always source um, local. Um, so we go to the local butcher, and you know we we talk about the cut of meat, and you know. Um, and you know it's the same for vegetables local as possible um now when it comes to the the, the restaurants we have suppliers so we use again same kind of local suppliers but it, it's just a different scale um so we have we have a, a good supplier of meat uh located in grange uh burns meat um and then when it comes to the fish, we we get our fresh fish from uh, Donegal, Kittybegs, um, a company called Albatross uh, Seafood. Um, and, you know, our, you know, if we source chicken, we source chicken as locally as possible. Um, um, so we, gen generally speaking, we, we source our chicken from Monaghan. And we, you know, we we kind of try to use as much of the local resources as we can, um, but the fact is that we are running an Asian restaurant. You know, we don't have uh, a local Asian supplier uh, on hand, um, so we, we we make way with our own. You know, we imported our own ingredients from Taiwan, uh, from Korea, from Japan. Uh, to incorporate in 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 our own uh, dishes in our own cuisine, and I know um, Angel earlier touched on say what goes on in the tea, uh, you know the the kind of the craft that goes on in the tea. So it goes, it, it's the same for everything. It goes all the way through everything that we do. We try to have the best. Uh, produce the best freshly prepared ingredients on the day we don't we don't over you know we don't over prep and cook and you know fridge freezer etc it's all cooked fresh on the day for everyone made to order same for the sushi and um, it's just the, the the respect for the craft of everybody in in the chain in the supply chain the best ingredients Converted to, to the the best product produced menu dishes that we have, and um, it, it we just get the recognitions from from our customers out of that. Can you tell me a little bit about Mimico, Angel? Um, I know that you were running an import business for a while, from with um, between Taiwan and Ireland. Yeah, so Mimico is a uh, is the, the importing business that Julia mentioned earlier, and it is an online shopping uh, a, pl a platform for uh, authentic products from uh, Taiwan mainly and Japan. Um, so um, it's more like alternative um, Asian uh, online shopping platform. That's something that you probably couldn't find in the Asian market or Rongxin, uh, Rongxin Hang. Uh, then you can find that in the Mimico shop uh, and starting from the uh, 
special blend of the chili paste from uh, Taiwan or um, dan dan sauce and that you know people like dan dan uh, maybe like dan dan uh, noodles and um, instead of making your own blend we have this gorgeous dan dan sauce from Taichung it's a Michelin recommended uh, sauce um, so um, we also have uh, some quackers and uh, traditional uh, snacks from Taiwan. Yeah, and um, yeah. And what's the website address? And you can go to www.mimicoshop.com. Okay, thank you. Uh, guys, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and thanks so much for joining us uh, remotely uh, from Kevin. And um, we can't wait to meet you in person and come to maybe a C4 event or to Miso Isakaya. And uh, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Uh, for more information about Spice Bags, go to spicebags.ie. Uh, and uh, on social media, you can follow us at Spice Bags Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And our email is hello at spicebags.ie. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Angel and Julian. It's been a real treat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And uh, next time, if we visit you, uh, I'll have all the good sauces and all the good crackers for us to share. Okay? Oh, yes. With Martini. Oh, yes. <laughs> and with the tea as well, of course. Thank you. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.